Interesting guy. The general manager of the Colts has uh, kind of mesmerized the media with a combination of openness, honesty, and uh, apparent accountability. But how good is he at solving problems? This is a roster with problems. If they're going to win the AFC South, there are problems that need to be solved. Has Chris Ballard shown himself over his five years at that position as general manager as being a guy who can solve those problems? We're going to talk about Indiana basketball, too. This is going to be the best team that they've had since 2013. That year, disappointed fans with a trip to the Sweet 16. Indiana was better than that. They wore themselves down. They became fatigued, and they lost to Syracuse because they couldn't solve the riddle of the 2-3 zone, which is, of course, get the ball to the middle. Cream did that once with Cody Zeller. One time in that game against Syracuse, Indiana wound up losing. This is Breakfast with Kent for Wednesday, April 27th, 2022. We're brought to you by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing. When you do do so well, they come out and do do just as well in fixing your problem. Johnson's Plumbing, great problem, solution, that's what they do. They'll take good care of your plumbing. Jared's a wonderful dude. You're going to love him. 765-610-8809. You know what? You want to support the channel? That's wonderful. Hit the thanks button immediately below the screen. We appreciate it. Let's talk about sports. Subscribe, by the way. Like, by the way, ring the bell, by the way, so you get an alert every time we do this. By the way, before we talk about sports, on Friday, when the Colts draft 42nd, you're going to want a place to either vent or celebrate. I got it for you. The call-in app. Download the call-in app. We're going to go live as the Colts draft at 42, and you can call in on the call-in app, and we can chop it up. That's what we're going to do for about a half hour, 45 minutes on Friday night when the Colts select at 42. Maybe we'll go long enough that we'll get to the Colts pick at uh, 73 as well. And so here's what we're going to be talking about. How well has Chris Ballard done in solving the problems that exist on this roster? Uh, obviously, uh, over the last two years, big problems. In fact, some of these problems have existed for five years. And, and Chris Ballard has yet to solve them. And chief among those problems has been at quarterback. You had uh, Scott Tolzien as an opening day starter. The Colts, because Andrew Luck couldn't start, they brought in Jacoby Brissett in a trade for Philip Dorsett. As kind of a backup quarterback placeholder, Luck comes back. Then it's Brissett again as Luck retires. Then you bring in a, a series of guys, Philip Rivers the first. He was good. Nothing wrong with Phillip Rivers. 7.7 .7 yards per attempt. Then Carson Wentz gave up the first round pick that would be the 16th overall pick. It went to Philadelphia. Wentz came here. Wentz, he played some good football, but not enough good football. That's exactly what the fans in Philadelphia told us. Said you're going to be kind of dazzled by him occasionally. I would argue that we weren't dazzled as football fans. However, Ultimately disappointed, that's what the Eagles fans said, and ultimately we were disappointed. Those losses against the Raiders and then against the Jaguars sealed his fate out of town. He goes to the Commanders in exchange for a, uh, I don't know exactly how this all broke down, but they get a second and a third round pick. 
All right, gave up a first and a third. They get a second and a third somehow or another. And uh, uh, also gave up a second. So it was an upgraded to, I don't know. Anyway, Wentz is gone. That's the important thing. Replaced by Matt Ryan. Is Matt Ryan the long-term guy? No. He's 36 years old, going to be 37 years old. If the Colts get three years out of Matt Ryan, that would be a stupendous bounty for what they gave up to get Matt Ryan and for what Matt Ryan is capable of being. Maybe this is finally the solution that's going to kind of take root and set the Colts up to win some games, some meaningful games, in January. Uh, but what they're going to have to do is solve a couple other problems. Look, when Chris Ballard got here, he had two areas that did not need immediate uh, kind of uh, solutions, right? Quarterback, because of Andrew Luck, and secondly then, left tackle because of Anthony Costanzo. But since Costanzo retired, wow, problems. Thank you for the donation, Austin. I appreciate that. We'll put that toward improved equipment. Uh, Sam Tevy, Julian Davenport, Eric Fisher, Matt Pryor, all solutions last year. That's a lot of solutions, right? Four in one year. Maybe Matt Pryor takes hold. The other guys, Julian Davenport, Sam Tevy, and Eric Fisher did not work out, and that's being kind. Uh, Julian Davenport was a turnstile, man. They need a long-term solution at left tackle. Maybe Matt Pryor winds up being that. Maybe, although I don't think this is the case. Maybe because Quentin Nelson is such a good guard, they don't really need that good a left tackle out on that island defending the edge. I don't think that's the way football works, but if you listen to Chris Ballard, you, you, you kind of get lured into that belief because Quentin Nelson is going to get paid. He's not going to get traded. He's going to get paid. And they are not going to move him three feet left to go play left tackle. They're going to pay a guard a hell of a lot of money. They spent the sixth overall pick on a guard. That's the highest a guard has been drafted since 1986. That is how devalued that position has become over time. And that, that stretches back to before Bill Polian was a general manager in the NFL, for God's sake. So um, the Colts trying to do it differently. You wonder if they're going to be able to do it well. Tight end, they needed a solution, right? Jack Doyle. And Mo Ali Cox, not bad, but they needed an upgrade somehow. And they went out and got the upgrade originally with Eric Ebron, not knowing that he was psychotic. Uh, then they bring in, last year via the draft, Kylan Granson, who they like. Jack Doyle matriculates out via retirement, and we'll see what happens. Are they going to take a tight end in the draft? Are they going to go out and get a guy like Jeremy Ruckert to replace Jack Doyle? Or are they just going to turn Mo Ali Cox loose and have Kylan Granson kind of be that flanker-ish type of tight end. We'll see. Quarterback, they needed a cornerback. They got rid of a mediocre one in Rocky Scene. We'll talk about the return for Rocky Scene in a second. They brought in Stephon Gilmore. If you haven't watched the YouTube, Stephon Gilmore is sitting down and talking about his process in playing defense as a cornerback. It is really illuminating and shows that not only is Stephon Gilmore going to make this secondary better via his presence in it. He's also going to help Isaiah Rogers become a much better cornerback strategically, psychologically, from a chess match type of perspective. 
not just be a fast guy, but begin to understand the game at a higher level like Stefan Gilmore does. And then on the edge, you really had a problem on the edge. Justin Houston and Danico Autry were, were not the kind of guy. They were good at stopping the run. They got to the quarterback occasionally. Uh, Houston was kind of outside his prime. Autry, some issues. He's gone to Tennessee. He's done pretty well. They replaced those guys with these three guys, Quiddy Pay, Dia Odangbo, via the draft last year, and then via a trade for Rocky scene with the Raiders, they went out and got Yannick Ngakwe. Ngakwe is kind of a specialist in the Gus Bradley defensive system. Gus Bradley brought in to replace Matt Eberflus as a defensive coordinator. Eberflus, of course, now the head coach with the Bears. So, what you've got, you, you've got two real, genuine upgrades, massive upgrades, in, in areas where they needed upgrades. Thank God for the Chicago Bears, because I don't think that the Colts would have replaced Matt Eberflus. Chris Ballard indulges, in my world, he indulges in what he's got. He has loyalty. And I think that loyalty in a manager is best used in moderation. You've got to figure out who's helping you, who's not helping you. And Matt Eberflus was not a force for good for this defense. Matt Eberflus on third and eight, setting up DBs 12 yards deep and letting teams just do what they wanted inside that window to go move the chains, I thought was preposterous. His scheme was way too simple. Gus Bradley's going to come in with some nuance, make this thing better immediately. It's going to help the guys on the edge. It's going to help the cornerbacks. It's going to help the safeties. These guys are going to play defense at a higher level with Gus Bradley as a defensive coordinator. Chris Ballard took what he had and he upgraded. When the Bears hired Eberflus, Bradley represents an upgrade. That is how you manage good for him. And Matt Ryan's going to make everybody better. Matt Ryan is going to make Matt Pryor better as a left tackle. He's going to make the receivers better. He's going to make the tight ends better. I think he's going to make Jonathan Taylor better, if not more productive. I think he's going to become at least as efficient as he was last year. I think this offense is going to start to move the football because Matt Ryan can be counted on to do that. So, Chris Ballard, I've contended this forever. He is a B to a B minus so far as a general manager for the Colts. I think that that might be on the generous side because let's face it, overall, he's 42 and 42. Let's talk about the Indiana Hoosiers because the Indiana Hoosiers are going to be good. This recruiting class is good. It's not the recruiting class from 2013 with Vonley and Williams and Robinson and Luke Fisher, who was here for about 15 minutes, it, it, Devin uh, uh, Davis and Colin Hartman. It's not that group. This is a well-conceived recruiting class that has been brought to Bloomington because of their ability to assimilate to what Mike Woodson wants to do, both offensively and defensively, and do it together. And they return a hell of a lot. You're not like in 13, they lost Oladipo and Zeller. This team's really losing nothing. They're not, they lost, uh, you know, Parker Stewart as a starter. That's the only starter departing. Not exactly Oladipo and Zeller. You know what I mean? This is going to be a hell of a team coming back for Indiana. I think it's best team since 2013. Like I said, that team went to the Sweet 16. I think this team has better in it. 
It's going to finish in the upper half of the Big Ten, and I think likely in the top four of the Big Ten. I think it's going to be a top four seed. They're going to go to the Sweet 16, and then it's anybody's guess what's going to happen with Indiana because you got to get lucky in the NCAA tournament to move your way through it. I think Indiana has a really good chance not just to be good, but to be lucky too. It's a long season. You can't do what the Hoosiers did in 2013 and have guys who are so diligent that they work themselves into fatigue in February and March. For those of you who go back a long way as basketball fans, Denny Crum was a genius at taking the Cardinals through kind of an indifferent December and into January where they were sort of not playing too well, and then all of a sudden they got strong and they got smart come February, really good in February, and then in March they peaked. Indiana under Crean never peaked in March. I think under Woodson he's going to get that. And it's not just work, 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 grind, grind, grind until you're down to the nub. They're going to play well, and they're going to play together, and they're going to succeed this year, I'm telling you. IU football is a different matter, but we can talk about that when we get to it. Um, Mark Emmert's going to step down as the president of the NCAA in 14 months, or when the NCAA finds a replacement, and that means university presidents. Let's not get this screwy. Mark Emmert, not a bad president for the NCAA in the 13 years he will have been on the job when he leaves. Um, the presidents of the university run the NCAA. The NCAA is kind of a paper tiger for the media to fight with. Uh, it's the presidents who run things, and Mark Emmert learned that early. Mark Emmert tried to change. He tried to reform what college basketball and college football are. He was unsuccessful because he went too far too fast, or tried to go too far too fast, and that was his mistake. Uh, Mark Emmert, 69 years old, going to step down. I think he's been a good steward. We've seen uh, the NCAA move into NIL, right? And some of this was done because of lawsuits and whatnot. But NIL, open transfers, the portal allows a one-time penalty-free transfer. I think those are good things. Those are good reforms for the NCAA. Uh, Miami won last night. Tough job being the head of the NCAA. Miami wins their series over Atlanta. Sorry for uh, Nate McMillan. Uh, Suns, they lead their series 3-2 over the Pelicans. Memphis beat Minnesota. And Jean Morant, 30 points, 13 rebounds, 9 assists. The key for the Pacers is to find another Jean Morant. It's just that simple. you got to find that guy. I think Jaden Ivey might be it. If the Pacers get lucky in the draft lottery, they got a shot. Birthdays today. Lorna Hepner. That's it. She's the only birthday today. Happy birthday, Lorna. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. Woo! If it's not your birthday, you celebrate somebody else. That's best done with an honest and specific compliment. Today, inside Indiana Sports Now, we are one day from the draft, baby. Colts don't have a first-round pick, but that's okay. We're still talking about it. And we'll talk about the Indiana Hoosiers, again, who, who I think are on the precipice of doing some really neat things. I'm 